Hi everyone, welcome to The Craig Muster Show, a show by Craig Muster, an executive business and life coach. It's all about helping people unlock their greatness and inspiring them to rise up and live their fullest life. This podcast is all about championing, coaching and transforming leaders, business people, entrepreneurs, thinkers and creatives through the stories and experiences of today's frontline leaders in business, government, media and the creative arts, apologetics, and Christianity. If this is your first time listening to our show, I want you to know that Craig has a tremendous passion to see people thrive while dismantling impossibilities. So subscribe and join our tribe. And hey, if you're wondering who I am, I'm Craig's co-host, Tanya Rodriguez. I am an amazing entrepreneur, advisor to my city's cultural arts commission and vision strategist. Oh man, I am I am so excited about today. And man, how many years that we've been dreaming about creating a place like this? The topics seem to be so wide in nature, but there's a common theme. And the common theme is we want to build a place for hungry people, people that are leaders and influencers that are hungry to change and hungry to grow, hungry to build community and hungry to transform their world. We want to create a place, a watering hole to not only inspire them, but to give them tools and possibly even find their tribe. If you're listening today, it's possible you might just have today found your tribe of people that want to make a difference in their world, but also want to transform and see their own lives transformed. So that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about creating a place for influence and leaders to be inspired, challenged, and even find their community. I've been an executive coach for over 15 years, but I've also planted a church in San Diego, The Awakening. I'm a worship leader. I've ministered all over Southern California, as well as different parts of the United States and around the world, whether South Africa, Europe, Australia, uh, Latin America, Mexico. And there's just so many places. And I've fallen in love with these cultures. Part of the, the reason why I love traveling is because I love diversity. I love cultures. And it's brought me to literally around the world. I've had the privilege of going and ministering and helping businesses around the world. But I'm also a husband. I've been married to my wife, Carlette, for we're actually in our 20th year right now, and it is the highlight of my life. I have three incredible kids, two daughters, Bella and Sophia, and my little Moses, who's five. And um, yeah, they are, let me just say, they keep me young. <laughs> and and as you, Yeah, and as you well know, for all of you who have kids, you know, they also keep me true. They keep me right. with integrity. You can say a lot of things that might sound brilliant to other people, but when you get home, they get to see whether you're walking it or out or not. And this is uh, this is true for me when it comes to the family. But you know, the reason for this podcast really is dismantling impossibilities. I mean, that yeah. means being able to write um, what people thought was impossible in their life for them, for some people, just to to have a gleam of hope at the beginning. But by the end, I want people beaming with possibility. Come on. And that really has been the story of my life. I wouldn't say that I've had an incredibly horrific life. I've had an amazing life filled with incredibly intense traumatic moments, but also victorious moments. And I think 
those are things that we can all relate to that life usually doesn't just have one color. It has many. It has intense moments of triumph and intense moments of what most people would think of as failures. But what I found is that life doesn't have to be survived. You can actually, in the most incredibly horrific moments, you can find a strength to thrive. And I know, I know what it's like to give my best as a leader. And that, that's part of the reason why we've really developed this podcast for leaders and influencers. Because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to live my life as a leader and to give my best and for it to not work and to learn from the best. I mean, I've had some of the best mentors in my life and still find myself at the end of a rope, hopeless, full of depression, desperation, anxiety. I know what it's like to experience pain and wonder if you're ever going to wake up a specific morning and have hope again because you're just in survival mode. But I've learned how to live for something greater than success. I've learned how to fully surrender to a life actually worth living. And I'm still learning. I think this is part of the challenge that we have as leaders today. And and part of again, part of the reason we're doing this podcast is I think leaders think that they have to have arrived somewhere in life, had to become an expert in order to lead. And so they've stopped learning. We stopped learning because we think, you know, we've got to have the solutions and and we've got to get people hooked into us as leaders. And I actually don't want people hooked into me. I want people hooked into something greater than me. Sure, people follow, yes, but hooked into, no. And we're going to talk about things like that. We're going to talk about what it's like to live in a place where you feel like you're at the mercy of popular opinion or flattery. I'm telling you, I want to see leaders produced in a way that they're not at the mercy of popularity. They're not at the beck and call of the latest strategy or someone else's definition of success. Instead, they're fully grounded and secure in something greater than the latest fad or the latest buzz or even the latest leadership technique. That they're able to lead in the darkest of times and not just survive, but actually flourish in a way that they stand out. If you're a leader, I want you to flourish in a way that you stand out and not because you've learned how to make yourself appear greater than you really are. But actually because you've become something. You've become someone and your essence is leading people. And I've put all of my chips into the middle of the table on this one. That I believe that authenticity, I believe that that who we are isn't enough when we're pretending. And is more than enough when we really get connected to our heart no matter what the circumstance, and learn how to surrender to a power greater than ourselves. And that's what this podcast is all about. So, you know, I'd like to introduce, of course, you you just heard her introduce me, but I'd like to introduce to you Tanya today. And, you know, Tanya has been a part of our tribe for well over, what, seven or eight years. Yeah. From the moment, I remember one of the first moments that I met Tanya, she has stood out, but not stood out because she was doing things perfectly, but she stood out because she was hungry. And, um, and so, you know, doing this podcast with somebody like you, Tanya, I think is perfect because you exemplify the type of leader that I just thoroughly enjoy investing in. 
Aw, well, thank you, Craig. Uh, what can I say? I love being part of this tribe. And uh, well, I love learning and I love staying in a place of being hungry because I think it's what has made um, the most impact in my life is being hungry and willing to, to learn from others and overcome some great things in my life so that I can live the life that I want to live. I want to see people thrive. I want to see people come alive. It's something that's very near and dear to my heart because I've struggled in these areas, but it's been a privilege, Craig, to be coached by you. And I've also been coached by your wife, Carlette. Craig has, Craig has been an amazing uh, mentor of mine, a uh, coach, not only in business and entrepreneurship, but he's also has unique God-given gifts, you know? And so he just has a wealth of spiritual wisdom and faith that has totally propelled me in my process. I actually joke with a friend, a mutual friend of ours that I'm like, man, if you want to believe that you can fly to the moon and back, you know, get your uh, astronaut credentials and really go for it. Like just hang around Craig for a minute because he'll make you feel like you have super powered wings to fly and you can defy gravity. <laughs> today, Craig, we're ready to hear from you. We want to hear specifically about this podcast, what you're going to go after in this podcast and who this podcast is for. Yeah. And then that's, that's hilarious going to the moon. I mean, that's funny, but you know, it, it, this podcast really is for influencers and leaders, no matter what sphere you find yourself in. And I know that there will be many people that get a lot out of this, but specifically to leaders and influencers, there's going to be an edge to it. Because I, what I found is that there is a huge void in understanding how to lead with strength and brokenness at the same time. And so we're going to talk through what it means to really be us, to not, not live in a fictitious version of ourselves to try to lead. And to find our strength in the midst of sometimes the, the darkest of places. So we're going to go after topics like plundering darkness. One of my favorite phrases that oh. just finished a 21 day journal and we have master classes on the subject. How do you go into the places that once seem to define your life as where you lost your strength and actually find your strength and plunder those places? Uh, we're going to talk about dismantling impossibilities. What does it mean to go after the places that have, you've been told, whether it's in your own head or the people around you, well, that's just impossible. And you're thinking, well, it, it can't be impossible because it's in my heart. We're going to talk through what that looks like to not just dream of impossibilities becoming possible, but manifest them. Because there is a process to manifesting impossibilities into possibilities where they become a reality. We're going to talk about the three-strand cord of power, truth, and love. And actually, I'm going to be having my wife, who is an incredible apologist, and we're going to talk about what it looks like to have that three-strand cord, power, truth, and love, and walk out with a holistic lifestyle where we get to think about things. We get to move in supernatural power, and we get to love with an uncommon love. We're going to talk about compassionate capitalism, and that's one of my favorite topics as a businessman. How many times we're taught the only two options we got are either capitalism that's all about, you know, let's just create wealth. And then if people are taken care of on the side, that's fine, but it's really not the purpose. And we see so many people hurting today because they're not being taken care of by those that should be taken care of. 
And, and yet the other end of the spectrum is socialism that says, you know what, everyone's wise and everyone's shrewd, so everyone should get the same amount of resources, but it's, it is not a good solution long-term, and that's been proven historically. So what does compassionate capitalism look like? What does it look like to create wealth in a way that actually takes care of the poor? We're going to go into that subject, and trust me, we will have several episodes at some point on that subject. Family. Guys, family is the core. Another subject. Family is the core. It's our home is our first place of influence. We're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about the supernatural, but maybe in some ways that you're not used to. Not just supernatural when it comes to what we would say, you know, physical healings that we've seen numerous times in our life. God loves to heal people. But what about supernatural relationships? What about supernatural businesses? What about supernatural creativity? And that's another topic, unleashing the creatives. You know, I'm a songwriter, uh, an author, uh, a musician. I believe that every person on the face of the earth has been born a creative. And if you don't believe you have, you just haven't discovered where you create yet. And we're going to talk about that. And then, of course, changing your world. So many people have such a big picture of, I want to change the world. And we don't know where to start. And so we're going to talk about where to start when it comes to change the world. And that is just a few of the topics that we're going to hit over this season. And I'm excited uh, that you're along for the journey. I'm excited that you're that you're here today listening to what we're going to be talking about. And I just want to say, we're going to have some incredible interviews coming up. And when we say, you know, there are real people, real leaders on the front lines that are going to be with us. Um, stay tuned for those, especially because you're going to just learn some of the strategies that that these leaders, things that they've overcome and have been victorious in that you can just just learn from them and just be hungry and apply it in your own life. Yeah. And that's part of that's part of seeing several angles of the same reality. I found that oftentimes we don't live life according to how life is actually happening. We live life according to how we're experiencing it. And so you're going to hear from different leaders who have experienced some of the very things that I've experienced, that Tanya's experienced, but they've experienced it differently. And that gives a greater insight. It gives, it's fun conversation. Let me tell you that, you know, it's several, several leaders from different points of view and I love that kind of diversity. Love it. Love it. You know, what I found, though, I'm going. I'm in my 30th year of being in the people helping business. Come on. 30 years. Yeah, 30 years this year. I'm 47 years old. I came on staff at the church that I was a part of when I was 18. There seemed to be these consistent threads that would come come through everywhere I went. And that's, that's what we're going to talk about today, just, just to create a kind of a big picture and bracket. What does it look like to be living a holistic, healthy lifestyle as a leader? And what are the categories that we need to work on? And what I found, and I haven't seen this actually not work yet. And I've helped hundreds of people through coaching individually and in team coaching. And I've helped thousands of people when it comes to just influencing and, and working this thing out. But what I found is that there's three different categories that ultimately, if we begin to shore up these categories in our life and focus intentionally on seeing them flourish, that things just work. They begin to work out well. I'm not saying that there isn't adversity. 
because the promise isn't that there isn't an adversity. The promise is that we're going to be able to push through it. And, and that's what I found with these three things. The first one is identity. And identity is crucial. Identity is the starting point of who we are as leaders. If we do not know who we are and we try to lead, we will lead through our gift. We'll lead through our talents. That's what I mean by gift. For those of you who are asking, what does that mean? What you didn't pay for, you were born with it. That thing you just do that takes no work out of you. We all have them. And those are usually the things that ultimately get highlighted when we're young. You know, when, when, when people are looking at us saying, wow, look at how amazing they are at that, that's usually talent. We haven't developed character yet. We haven't even developed a skill set yet. We simply have talent, a gift. It's in our genes. And so that's usually what we start to lead people with because we don't yet have anything but that at the beginning. The character is not developed, but it gets highlighted. Right? I mean, Tanya, let me ask you this. What was highlighted most in your life when you were young? Um, just honestly, leadership. <laughs> leadership was highlighted, I think, as a as a child. That was one of the first things, you know. It's just like nobody else wanted to leave, but I was like, okay, sure. If nobody else is gonna do it, then I'll I got I got things to say. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what people think. People think that that leadership is a specific personality, right? I mean, think of it like because okay, I, I've I've been a communicator since I was a kid. I've been able mm -hmm. to communicate. I've been able to read people since I was a since I was a kid. Okay. And 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 counsel, what I would consider a gift of counsel. I've been able to counsel. And so automatically, hey, you're a leader. But I mean, if anybody's listening to this right now and you think, okay, your talent might open the door to leadership, but it will never sustain you in leadership. Sustaining is what we develop on the inside when no one's looking. It's the character, it's the hard decisions, it's how we relate. That you know, when, when your project fails and you're the leader and you talk behind everyone else's back who is a part of your team and throw them under the bus and then fire them all because none of them want to work for you anymore and blame them. Right. <laughs> this is a huge problem, right? Yeah. And you know, kind of a, that leadership thing. And the thing that I've learned is, yeah, you maybe get picked to be the first one to be a leader, but then if you don't know how to lead well, it gets really uncomfortable really fast. <laughs> really fast. So identity is critical. Knowing who you are beyond your gift mix, beyond your talent. And that really is the question that you say, number one is, do I know who I am? You should be the expert on who you are. Now, other people, other people will, will give their two cents. They'll see things about you maybe you don't see about yourself. They'll, th they'll see things about you you've shown them. But really, I, when other people say, you know, I know you better than you know yourself, I'm thinking well, there's something wrong with that picture. You should know yourself better than anyone else. And in reality, if you're in a quiet room, you do know yourself. The, the question is, do you, do you know you and do you like you? when no one is around, because that will ultimately show me your identity. Do you like you? Yeah. Do you, do you know, can you be in a quiet room with yourself without negative talk? Yes. Right. That's powerful to, to, to be able to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So identity at the core is number one, knowing how to receive unconditional love. Knowing how to receive unconditional love. And, you know, I know we have a lot of people, I coach a lot of people that don't really believe in God or have are curious about God is probably a better way of explaining it. And if you're here listening and you're curious about God, then I just invite you on the journey. Be curious. But I know that for me, there's only been one place that I've ever found unconditional love, and that is with God. And a good friend of mine, um, he, he said it, Ken Williams said it this way. I love it. He said, you know, how are you going to experience unconditional love if people don't know your condition? Hmm. So identity really is from coming into a place of saying, this is what I'm dealing with. This is who I am. Will you still love me? And that gets solidified through unconditional love. It is really hard to love yourself well when you're not receiving love from an unconditional source that actually can see your condition, say, you know what? Your condition's pretty jacked up right now. There's some things that need to get changed, and I love you unconditionally. And people will love you, but people will only love you conditionally. There's always a limitation to that. And so identity really is the capacity. Healthy identity is the capacity to receive love and to give it and to love yourself. Receive unconditional love, to love back, and to love yourself. That is really the essence of identity. Who we are, that is what determines our capacity as people. Do we know how to do that? And and so you're going to be hearing through in many different podcasts We're going to go back to the subject. Do you know how to receive love? Do you know how to love yourself? Not in an egocentric way, not in a selfish way, not in a self-preservation way, but in a vulnerable way. Do you know you? Do you like you? And then do you know how to do you? Do you know how to actually act like yourself and other people? And that's the second category, which is community. Yeah. Community. Community is so important. I know a lot of people think, you know, I know who I am until I get around other people. <laughs> I'm I, awesome by myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had that thought, you know, there's been, there's been moments, there's been moments I was telling my wife years ago, I said, man, I just, I'm ready to live on an island <laughs> by myself for a year. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know, because the people helping business would be so much easier without people. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Do they interfere with that? <laughs> a little bit. You know what? I, I, if you've ever, if you've ever noticed, I was talking to somebody the other day who's, who was t- saying that they didn't like horseback riding. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, why? And they said, well, because it feels unstable. I said, what, what do you mean? Well, I'm not in control. I'm, I'm riding a living thing. It's not, right. I put, you know, I put the gas on, it goes, I put the brake on, it stops. This horse has a mind of its own. Right. See, I know a lot of people that would rather have a relationship with a robot mm. than with a, pe- with a person. You know, show me the perfect community where I'm never going to get hurt and then I'll join. The problem is once you join that perfect community won't be perfect anymore because you're imperfect. And what I found through the years is when I'm trying to find the perfect community for me to join, it's because I have not extended mercy to myself and I'm, I'm actually in a place of pride. So 
well, I think I'm higher than everyone else and I'm looking for a community that best fits that, or I think I'm worse than everyone else, self-pity, and I don't deserve a community. And both of those are two, two, two sides of the same coin called pride. And we're going to talk about that because what I found is it, man. And Craig, I'm laughing because I've majored, you know, in, in pity. <laughs> For I majored in pity and 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 lack of identity in my twenties, and um, I'm just cracking up because you know some of the stuff we've had to work out, and I've worked out, you know, as we've coached even, and and still I'm in process, right? We're I'm still going through a process, so I'm able to you know share that and share those experiences. But that that's why I'm cracking up because it's hard to engage in community if number one. What you said before, we're talking about identity, you know, this concept, you know, it's a little bit of fake it till you make it in, in this example. And I'm going to be honest with you, faking it did not make, take me or make me or do anything except keep me, hold me back. And then what I really wanted was people and community. And, but I was too, too much in my own self-pity to, 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 you know, want to, you know, and, and it's hard for others to love you too. when you're in that process. It is challenging because it feels like you're snuggling up with a porcupine. I mean, that's really, and, and, uh, you mm -hmm. know, that, and I've been the porcupine. Yeah. You know, there's, there's been seasons in my life. I was not very fun to get close to because my own hurts and my own fears and insecurities about community would get in the way of sustaining the relationship, sustaining mm -hmm. community. Um, but what I've, you know, we don't, Without community, and, and this is part of the challenge of society today, is we've really elevated the Lone Ranger above everything else when it comes to leaders. We, we've created a mindset that said that if you're, you know, if you're really going to be a leader today, then you you have to stand alone. But it, it's, uh, I think, subconsciously, what it means is that that we actually reward leaders' success with isolation. So right. all of a sudden, you know, if you're wealthy, you're going to get a big piece of property, put walls up and isolate from the rest of community. Right. So now, you know, if you're, if you're successful, if you want to be at the top, the top now is the loneliest place in the world because we've called you not at the top until, unless you can do it by yourself. Right. Dangerous. Yeah. It's hostile, right? It's hostile. That kind of mindset is hostile to how we're designed. And, and it's, and, and so community is essential. And that's part of why we will consistently talk about how to get vulnerable, how to create meaningful, deep relationships in the midst of leading. You know, how many times that I've been told you cannot lead and be friends with the people you're leading. Mm. Wow. I, that, they, they, that is a very real thing. So I, and I know I can guarantee you people listening right now are saying, yep, that's right. Because the people you're leading will take advantage of you if you become friends with them, you know, they'll, they'll get too familiar with you. I mean, there's 101 reasons. But I always got to take a look at that kind of stuff and say, you know what, that might have been my experience. Meaning I, I've, I've, th that's happened, of course, to all of us as leaders is taken advantage of because we're quote unquote touchable. Meaning, you know, we're real with people and we're not hiding behind a position. But man, I would much rather have, have, 
those experiences where people took advantage of it and stay vulnerable and stay in a place that dismantles the idea that there's this, there's this weird caste system between leaders and followers. And when you're a leader, you got to put on, you know, that mask and you just got to be yourself uh, only with a, a select, maybe one or two people in your life and everyone else. There's just, they don't, they're never going to get to know you. I want to just, man, I want to burn that. I want to burn that barn down. Yeah. I'm, and, and, you know, I was just, you know, I love the word, the word of God. And, you know, if we're even taking a biblical, you know, view of this, um, you know, even, even, you know, Solomon, some of the people he surrounded himself actually says they were his friends. Yeah. They were his friends, David, they were his friends who were with him, his community. So not only did he have, was had healthy relationship with leadership, uh, on that, both of those, uh, David, Solomon, um, we can even talk about Joseph. He was friends with the king. Um, you know, that's what, it, that's what we're taught. And so it's, it's actually a good thing uh, to have that, that community and the people who are there, who are for you, who are standing with you. It's much more powerful than being alone. Completely agree. Matter of fact, if you look at Jesus himself, he told his disciples, I now call you my friends. If anyone had a right to be quote unquote superior, and he was superior in every way. He's perfect. Perfect. Never sinned. And I hear people quote that scripture all the time. You know, Jesus said that he knew the hearts of men, so he never trusted them. Yes. Meaning his, his main trust was in his father. That means he put all of his chips into the basket of his dad. But because of that, he took risks with his earthly friends that were imperfect. And you can see, I mean, the, the most critical moment in his life, he invited Peter, James, and John into the, the Garden of Gethsemane to pray with him. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just so we could have a sermon on how useless human beings are towards God. Jesus wasn't saying, you know, I want, I want people to be able to have a sermon on this someday and on on how frail because you see Peter James and John ultimately fall asleep and they never pray with Jesus <laughs> he needed them the most <laughs> and Jesus so Jesus's heart was completely firm in the Father and because of that he took risks with people in the midst of their failures and that's the challenge that is the you know that's the benchmark yes. that's the benchmark yes 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 to continue loving them too in, in that process just be like it's it. You know, we're, these are things that 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 we've had to live through and go through. And um, but we're going to still love each other. You make a choice in the moment to I'm going to continue loving you. You do. And I'll make the cross. <laughs> and I've been on the other side of that. I've been the, I've been the one that fell asleep. You know, I've been the mm -hmm. one that, that blew it. Yeah, I was invited up. And, um, and so I, you know, I see these times in my life. I, I, I wish I could go back and make a different decision. But what I can do is consistently extend mercy to the people that I'm leading. And, um, and that ultimately is what creates the tribe, you know, that sense of belonging. So if you have number one, identity, number two, community, then number three, it's your expression, meaning how are you changing your world? What gets birthed out of the community that you're in? Because anything that God wants to do in our lives, he doesn't want to manufacture it. He wants to do it out of relationship, what I, what I would simply call birthing it. And I don't know if you remember this, Tanya. I'm, I think it was five or six years ago. I called all the business people together, 
um, from our church at the time. I wasn't doing hardly any coaching. I put coaching on the side for a couple of years. And you and like four or five other business people are in a room. Yeah. And we started praying, right? We're just praying, God, what do you want to do? And out of my mouth came that. He says, I want to birth businesses, not manufacture them. I think, well, God, what does that mean? It's starting to study what does an expression look like to change your world that comes out of friendship with God, deep connection to God, and deep connection to a tribe. So what I found is that visions that are absent or, or separated or divorced from community are incomplete. So we might know how to create a vision in our life. And I'm, I'm speaking to leaders right now, guys. We know how to have a dream a dozen, a, a vision a dime a dozen, right? We could do them without – I could come up with a new dream today and a new way of changing the world. But what I found is when I do that in isolation and I, and, and I don't have a community, it's incomplete. Once I bring that vision into a community and people start giving their, their feedback from it and they hear my heart on it, and they add their strength to it. Something gets birthed that didn't get birthed by itself with me just in prayer. It got birthed by me sharing it in a community of, of more than just me owning it. And trust me, then it begins to look different than I even imagined it. And that is one of the critical parts of us finding our expression is, is we've, got to, we've got to so love God and love our community that we're willing for the ultimate reflection of our vision, the expression of how we're loving our world, we're, we're ultimately allowing that to be affected by our community and by our love for God. Not just, I mean, let me put it this way. How many times, and I'm doing this, you know, anytime I do coaching with executives, with, with CEOs, with C-suite execs or with owners, usually when, I, when we're in dream mode, and, and even for me, when people have led me through this through the years, my number one thinking is, this is the dream that I want to see fulfilled. And how's it going to make me look yeah. very We're very rarely are our dreams where someone else is at the center of them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're, we're on the platform, my friend. We are, we are, the spotlight is on us. And, and this is my dream. <laughs> it is. And I deal with this in plunder darkness with Joseph. I mean, Joseph has this dream where his brothers and, and his parents bowing down before him. And I can just imagine him thinking, this is going to happen in the promised land. And I'm going to I'm going to be wearing the coat of many colors for the rest of my life. I'm the chosen one. It's going to happen right here amongst the people that mattered the most to him, yeah. which is his family. And and to go back to, you know, you, you brought up that moment in time where we were birthing businesses. Yeah. And it was an incredible time because... I was being handed the keys of a, a company at the time that I actually did not know whether I should take it or not. Um, I I have a heart for for ministry. I have a passion for film and and for media. And um, the company that I was going to take was going to take me, you know, catering and event coordination. It was totally like different direction. But the community of people in which you had created and surrounded us by other businesses, well, actually, they were launched, too, as well, because I wasn't the only company at that time that was being birthed. But it was a powerful um, meeting of community because I got to hear the voice of my fellow business people and peers giving me strength to, to take on this vision and run with it. 
And quite honestly, I don't know if I could have done it by myself. It was, it was in the moment, it was quite a scary thing to be birthing something like this and taking, you know, the reins of the company. I actually, you know, doubled and even close to tripled what the company was making in a short period of time. I mean, I became a homeowner. I mean, this is, I was taking territory and taking land. I mean, it was, uh, I started traveling again. It was just so many things happened, but it was from this birthing place that, that you, you mentioned and you brought up. That's a beautiful part about creating things rather than manufacturing them. And, and, and I think that there's something that, of course, you'll hear through several podcasts and to, for, for us to delineate the difference. Because you can actually manufacture something with your talent, but you can't create something by yourself. It's impossible that you are inspired by something, even if you don't remember what inspired you. You, know, you saw something that inspired you to something else. When I get stuck into a place, I have, I have go-to's of people that inspire me. I'll listen to specific podcasts. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll hire a coach, people that know how to engage and they incite passion in me. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I watched it, Tanya. I've watched you not only flourish in your business, but flourish as an influencer. I mean, you're, you're now in, in Chula Vista and you have influence in the city uh, you have influence in small groups. You have, of course, you have influence. You, you know, you help me facilitate how many masterminds in influencing leaders from all over, from so many different backgrounds. It's in you. And yeah. that's what happens in community. The best of us comes out. And the thing is, I mean, this was this was part of the birthing of the company. If it had not been for the company, I wouldn't have been appointed by the mayor um, to to you know. I, I serve on a volunteer basis uh, as as a voice on on a cultural commission of my city. But it actually it was because of that, because you know, I had stepped into that realm of business entrepreneurship and thriving in business within a community, checking back in. It wasn't just one meeting and then we just, you know, never heard back again. I mean, it was a community of people that we kept breathing life into each other. And then, you know, you were leading us and taking us to those new levels. It was powerful. Well, and that's what we love doing, right? Is just reproducing. What does it look like for us to raise a whole company, a tribe of leaders, and gather and say, what does it look like to know who we are, to know our community, and to know our sphere of influence, our expression of changing our world? So, it, you know, I just want to encourage everybody listening today. We want to hear from you. You Join the tribe. Get connected. We don't want to just answer questions that you're not asking. We, we want to answer questions of your heart. We want to answer questions also of your head because reason's a big part of why we do what we do, which is part of the reason that I'm, I'm even bringing in my wife, Carlette, because we're going to answer questions. We're going we're gonna to talk. And then also, what does it look like to stay a novice in life and not feel like you ought to be an expert the rest of your life in order to be a leader? Somehow, and I found this, right? You get to that age where you've become such an expert at so many different things. You don't want to try anything new because people expect you to be an expert in everything. It's stuff that stuff doesn't work really in life. You stop growing. 
So this is a good, healthy, safe place to be a novice, to ask the questions, to go deep. Let's connect heart to heart on this podcast. That's more than anything what I want to do is connect heart to heart to wake you up, to wake you up to your design, to wake you up to your purpose, to wake you up to who you are, to wake you up to the community that you are designed to be a part of, and to wake you up to your specific expression and the sphere of influence you've been called to change for the better. You're called to bring solutions, not simply complain about problems. And that is what your calling is for. Thank you everybody for listening to today's podcast until next time. But if you felt empowered by today's episode, subscribe and join our tribe to find out more about our master classes, e-courses and live events. You can also find us on craigmuster.com and please leave a comment below and tell others about the Craig Muster Show.